0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. In the case of recent uh, converts to the Catholic faith, one of the questions that one of the issues that comes up is the creeping secularism, uh, progressivism that seems to be the tide seems to be rising, uh, and it's affecting uh, family life. It's affecting church life. It's affecting the world of business. Uh, And and, um, the Catholic Church is often seen uh, as a bulwark, uh, as a place that can uh, resist those encroachments. I remember back in the 1990s when um, St. John Paul II worked out some kind of coalition with uh, the leaders of Muslim nations at a United Nations conference on population and they managed to uh, push back against abortion and contraception. And I remember at that time, uh, Dr. James Dobson, who was a very influential evangelical Protestant, uh, uh, had a very a focus on the family, very influential Protestant uh, program. Uh, I can remember him admiring what John Paul II had done. He said, you know, how come... We, by that he meant we, evangelical Protestants, why can't we come together like that and affect that kind of change? So he recognized the institutional heft, the institutional strength of the Catholic Church. And, and that's right. I mean, that's one aspect of being in communion. Uh, we, we aren't just a single-generation church. We're a transgenerational church. And over time, Christ is doing things in his church. Uh, A lot of times people think that um, certain Catholic teachings or canons uh, are accretions uh, or extra baggage picked up over the centuries. Well, in some cases it may be, but when it comes to doctrine and dogma, most of the time these things are growths and proper developments, of what was always understood within the church. And so the institution preserves that. Um, You've got to have wineskins if you want to keep the wine. You've got to have a fireplace if you want to keep the fire, right? Um, So you've got to have structure as well as spirit. But this problem of an ever-encroaching progressive secular uh, creed is is really hitting a lot of people. And I just, my thoughts on this are pretty simple. Uh, This is what we've seen throughout human history, time and again, the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is all about tribes of human beings organizing themselves together to build a kingdom that will satisfy all their desires without recognition of the God who created them. This is the Tower of Babel syndrome, and we're in the midst of it right now in the United States. We have a, a de facto... Um, if not de dure civil war going on of ideas in the in the united States and uh, i 'll say it again. there are those who have a Tower of Babel complex they are trying to organize uh, a kingdom that will satisfy all their desires without recognition of the God who created them and the twentieth and the tw- now the twenty first century i 've seen some pretty spectacular Uh, experiments in doing this we've seen the rise of atheistic communism in russia uh, with the bolshevik revolution and the formation then of the soviet union Uh, we saw the rise of international fascism led by hitler and mussolini what did hitler promise a thousand year reich a thousand year kingdom a millennium and now we see the communist party of china reaching back Uh, for a while it looked as though china was softening a bit but now it's hardened over again and uh um, President uh, Xi Jinping is reaching back to the Mao Zedong revolution, uh, the heavy-handed dictatorship in governing uh, China, modern China. And here's the one that hurts the most. We now see the rise of a secularized, progressive, politically progressive United States of America. Uh, Formally, you know, the United States... It was formerly a Christian experiment in self-governance, which is now thought to have gone to seed, right? America was founded with certain understandings of ordered liberty, personal responsibility, the role of civil government, and a public order that was open to, was porous to, uh, the moral language of historic Christianity and Judaism. uh it, the idea that the United States of America should now be a nation in high-handed rebellion against God makes me choke. Uh, I mean, there are some people who seem to think that the problem in America is simply between conservatives and liberals, between left and right, between Democrats and Republicans. Now, these are not unimportant divisions, so let me stress, uh, I do not think these binary distinctions are all morally, moral equivalents. I'm not saying a pox on both your houses. That would be irresponsible. But these group distinctions are not the most important distinctions. The real division is between those who are being drawn to Christ and who are at various places along that journey, and those who are fleeing him also at various places along the journey. Uh, Some are facing Christ. Some are fleeing Christ. All humans are. Are created in the image of god and we are made for loving relationship with our creator uh, and we believe that christians uh, that any human being will never find their full fulfillment apart from god uh, and those of us who are united to christ by faith and baptism who are united to him in his mission of redemption owe everyone we meet uh, the love and consideration that helps draw them closer to their eternal lover. You will find plenty of people who are drawing closer to Christ on both sides of the political divide, and you'll find plenty of people in active rebellion against God on both sides of the political divide. However, and I'll say it again, because I don't want to be misunderstood, I am not saying that it makes no difference how a person is politically aligned. I believe abortion is the morally defining issue of this generation. And so there's no way... That I can treat a political party that champions abortion with the same respect as a political party that is formally committed to protecting the unborn. But I can treat all human beings with respect as men and women made in the image and likeness of God, regardless of their present political opinions. The Democratic Party is going to die. The Republican Party is going to die. But Marco Rubio, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and Chris Smith are going to live forever. And what's at stake for each of them and for each of us is where we will spend eternity and how we made the path easier or more difficult for conversion to Christ. Um, C.S. Lewis once wrote, There's no, or, you'll never, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal Next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. This dignity that Lewis is talking about, the dignity of the individual person, was a fruit of Western Christian civilization. Look over the history of ideas. Intellectual historians in the last few years have been actually writing on this very topic. We've talked to some of them on this program. Others we haven't, but the books are out there. The academic research is very strong. This idea of the dignity of the individual person is a fruit of historic Christianity. During World War II, uh, Winston Churchill said, We are waging a war for the preservation of Western Christian civilization. (laughs) Now, just think how archaic those words would sound today on the lips of Joe Biden. We are waging a war for the preservation of Western Christian civilization. Now since then, since Churchill made that statement, uh, the word um, Christian has been dropped. And now the word civilization is even being dropped. And even the word West is being, or Western is being treated as insignificant when compared with the global citizenship that progressives are urging on us. This is the New Tower of Babel, and it has a creed. Uh, The creed is a belief in universal brotherhood apart from God. Uh, It's a belief that marriage is a human invention, and that it's probably served its purpose in human evolution. And now we can create new institutions to deal with human romantic attachments. Uh, There's a belief that human nature is malleable, and can be molded in whatever direction we decide to take, because after all, we are now the evolutionary process conscious of itself, and we can choose to evolve in a new direction. Uh, There's a belief in the gradual diminishing of the nation-state. There's a belief in the priority of international institutions like the UN or the International Criminal Court. And among those who make up the so-called media elite, the so-called prestige media, that assortment of television networks, big city newspapers, high-tech uh, aggregators, uh, this creed is often assumed, and at other times it's consciously consented to. If you're committed to beliefs about divine creation or divine institutions like marriage or a, um, uh, an unchanging human nature— Uh, or idea of a government under God, you're considered part of an older era whose time is passing. So there's a new orthodoxy in the land, and it is actually spreading lies about our historical past. It pretends that religious faith has been opposed to science, uh, which, of course, flies in the face of what modern historians of science have pointed out time and again. Uh, They also point out that religious faith has been the source of most of the world's violence. Simply not true. These are falsehoods so commonly repeated that they've become conventional wisdom. And again, I want to stress, you can point to historians of science to point out that there's no long-term pitched battle between science and faith. And you won't find political historians saying that religion has been the major source of historic violence. But facts are weak in front, in face of, this new progressive creed. And George Orwell uh, once said, At any given moment, there's an orthodoxy, a body of ideas, which it is assumed that all right-thinking people will accept without question. It's not exactly forbidden to say this, that, or the other thing, but it's simply not done in polite society. And anyone who challenges the prevailing orthodoxy finds himself silenced with surprising effectiveness. A genuinely unfashionable opinion is almost never given a fair hearing, whether in the popular press or in the highbrow periodicals. So this is what we're going through is not entirely new. Uh, The balance of you know, power swings from one side to the other. But Orwell's writing after the Second World War, uh, after, again, uh, we won, what, a great victory for the preservation of Western Christian civilization, which now, get rid of the word Christian, get rid of the word civilization, and begin forgetting about the word West. This is all happening within our generation, Our generation and a half. So we are currently in a serious civil war of ideas in this country. We need to fight it, and the trick to to, to do so is to fight it as spiritual warfare. In this war, we have enemies to love, not enemies to trash. We don't draw our identity from political parties. We draw our identity from the one who has already fought the final conflict and has the certainty of ultimate victory, and that can be our assurance.